Heavenly Father, we thank you again for giving us your word. We thank you that you're a God who is not mute, but instead you are a God who speaks. And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us this morning as we look at your word to keep your precepts, keep your commands with all our hearts. Oh, Lord, we pray that we would not be half-hearted this morning as we come to worship you and to hear you speak. Instead, oh, Lord, we pray that we'd worship you with all our hearts and we'd seek to do that as we go about our weeks and live the lives that you would have us live. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Well, we've been working our way through John's Gospel together and we've been going through John chapter 10 and we've been looking again and again at how the the Jews, particularly Jewish leaders, are interacting with Jesus and becoming more and more hostile to him. They first started to show hostility back in chapter 9 uh, when they were upset with uh, Jesus for healing a blind man on the Sabbath. And then as Jesus has been speaking, they have been getting more and more irate with him and seeking to uh, kill him. And we saw that by the way that they were picking up stones to stone him back in verse 31 because they're accusing him of blasphemy. And then after he makes an explanation about the fact that he can call himself God's son without blaspheming, uh, we saw last week that once again in verse 39, they try to seize Jesus but he escapes from their grasp. And now we've only got three verses left in the chapter to look at, and I could have covered them last week, but I thought that there was enough material there to uh, edify us this Lord's Day as well. And I thought it was particularly encouraging because after seeing the Jews be hostile again and again towards the Lord Jesus, and even before we started our series again in chapter 9, back in chapter 8, if you can think back that far, they picked up stones to stone him there as well. So we've seen again and again that people are hostile to the Lord Jesus Christ. And this fills us with sadness if we love the Lord Jesus Christ. But then here in verses 40 through to verse 42, we see a little ray of sunshine, even amidst the darkness. We saw a little ray of sunshine with uh, the blind man. I love that man. I really enjoyed preaching on John chapter 9. But here is another ray of sunshine. In the midst of the darkness and the hostility towards Jesus, we see that Jesus has some people who come to him when he goes to where John had been baptizing in the early days. Look with me now at verse 40 of John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 40, it says, Then Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. So Jesus leaves the Jerusalem area, goes remotely away from that uh, into the desert area uh, where the Jordan is, and he was where John had been baptizing, John the Baptist had been baptizing in the early days. And there he stays, and what do we read in verse 41? Many people came to him. And what do they say? They said, though John never performed a miraculous sign, all that John said about this man, that is Jesus, was true. These people are coming and they're seeing Jesus there and they're listening to him and seeing him act and they're saying, all that John the Baptist said about this man was true. And they don't just say nice things about Jesus. What do we read at the very end of chapter 10, verse 42? And in that place, many believed in Jesus. Many people were saved. Many people had eternal life, which Jesus promises to those who trust in him, to those who believe. And this is encouraging for us to read, as I said before. There's this ray of sunshine here at the end of the chapter. As people are trying to kill Jesus, we also see people trusting in Jesus. 
And I want to look at the circumstances by which these people believe in Jesus because we as Christians should want to see others believe in Jesus as well. We should want to see people have the eternal life that we have received from Jesus as well. We experience that salvation that we know. And so I want to look at the circumstances before these people believed in Jesus and how they can help us as we seek to bring people to meet with Jesus and not just meet with him, but also believe in him. Because if John was used by God, then we can be used by him as well. And that's who we're going to be looking at this morning. Because what had happened to these people? They had at firstly experienced the ministry of John the Baptist. Where was Jesus going to now and staying? It is where John had been baptizing earlier and where John had been teaching about Jesus. And so we can look at John and his ministry and then understand about how we should minister to those who are unbelievers as well. If the Spirit used John, he can also use us today in the same way if we do the things that John did. So what can we learn from John the Baptist this morning so that people that we love and know will also believe in Jesus? Well, the first thing we can learn is that we don't have to do miracles in order for people to believe in Jesus. That's there in the text. What do the people say when they are confronted with Jesus? Verse 41, they said, Though John never performed a miraculous sign, all that John said about this man was true. John the Baptist was a great prophet, and many great prophets in the Old Testament were able to do wonderful signs, and Jesus as a great prophet was able to do miracles. But John didn't. And yet people were prepared to meet with Jesus and believed in Jesus' name. It would be nice to be able to heal the sick. It would be nice to be able to walk on water. It would be nice to be able to raise the dead, as some prophets have been able to do of God. But we don't need to do miracles for people to believe in Jesus, for people to understand that Jesus is the salvation that we desperately need. And even Jesus himself, he says that evil and adulterous generation looks for a miraculous sign. We don't need to do miracles. It would be nice to be able to do some miracles, but we don't need to do miracles in order for people to believe because we see that John the Baptist didn't do miracles and yet people believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the first thing we can learn from John's ministry. If you want to see people believe in Jesus, you don't have to go out and do anything miraculous. So what should you do if you want to see people believe in Jesus? Well, that brings me to my second point as to what we can learn from John. John simply made true statements about the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that in verse 41. Though John never performed a miraculous sign, it reads, all that John said about this man was true. These people were prepared for Jesus coming to them by hearing true statements about Jesus, by learning true things about Jesus. And that is the job of God's messengers, to state the truth about God and about God's Son. We saw that in the passage that we had read for us from Malachi before, Malachi chapter 2, verse 7. It says, For the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge, and from his mouth men should seek instruction, because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty. The messenger of God is not called to perform miraculous signs. The messenger of God is called to convey a message. He is called to speak the truth about God. 
And that is what we are to do. If we want to see people believe in Jesus, we are to say true things about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there's a temptation to lie about the Lord Jesus. There's a temptation to say false things about the Lord Jesus to make him more attractive to people. And you can get information, false information from the cults about the Lord Jesus so that he is more palatable to the common man, to the unbeliever, so that they may believe in him. Or we can get false thoughts even from our own minds. We can say, oh, I don't think that Jesus is really like what he says there in Scripture. Yes, he's like many things in Scripture, but some of those things that Jesus says and does, really, no, they're not true. I don't think that is really what God's Son would say. And there's a temptation to to minimise some of the things that, that Jesus says, or to make lies and say that is not the true Jesus. There's also a temptation to hide certain truths about Jesus as well. We may lie to cover up things, but we may, to make Jesus more palatable, just hide certain things and don't reveal certain things about the Lord Jesus that we know that our friend or our family member may have a problem with if we raise it. Or there may be a temptation for us not to say true things about Jesus at first, but to simply dazzle people by our wisdom and our logic and our reason. This is what um, apologetics often can fall prey to. Apologetics is a defense of the Christian faith, showing that our Christian faith is reasonable. And what can often happen is you give all these reasons why God does exist and why he is reasonable and true to be a Christian, but you never actually get around to talking about the Lord Jesus. You talk about a divine being, an intelligent designer in some way who is unknown because you never get to that point where you actually start to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you never actually do true evangelism because you never share the good news itself about the Lord Jesus. And so it's good to be reminded as we look at John the Baptist here, that he said true things about Jesus. That is what he was known for, saying true things about the Lord Jesus. And so what should you say about the Lord Jesus then? What are some key things that you should say about the Lord Jesus if you want people to believe in him? Well, that's where we can study John the Baptist again. And I encourage you now to turn with me back to the beginning of John's Gospel, John chapter 1, verse 29, page 1050 of the Church Bibles, as we consider what, is the, what are the things that we should be saying about the Lord Jesus that John also said. John chapter 1, look with me at verse 29, page 1050 of the Church Bibles. What did John say about Jesus that prepped them, prepped these people so that they would trust in Jesus one day? Verse 29 of John chapter 1. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You want to know what you can say to people about Jesus? True things that you can say about Jesus that may be used by God's Spirit to bring them to faith in Jesus? There's one for you. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. State to people that Jesus is God's Lamb, his sacrificial Lamb that takes away our sin by his death at the cross. What else could you say about the Lord Jesus? Well, John goes on in verse 30. He says, This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. You can say that about the Lord Jesus too. He is one who has surpassed you because he was before you. He is one who is far greater than you. He goes right back in time. He goes right back 
to the beginning of time. He is one who was never created. He is the one who has always existed. He is the eternal one, the great I am. And you can say that to people. The one that I worship is far greater than me. What else could you say about the Lord Jesus that you can learn from John the Baptist here? Well, look with me down at verse 33. Verse 33, John the Baptist is saying, I would not have known him, that is Jesus, except the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. You want to say some true things about Jesus? Say that he has God's Holy Spirit remaining on him. That he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit tell people that they cannot understand God without the Holy Spirit and they cannot have the Holy Spirit except through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who baptizes people with the Spirit. And then finally, a fourth thing that you could say about the Lord Jesus, you can say that he's the Lamb of God, you can say that he surpasses you, you can say that he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Verse 34 gives us a fourth one. I've seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. You want to say something true about Jesus? Tell people he's the son of God. If you want people to believe in Jesus, tell them that he is the son of God. This is an encouragement for us this morning, that we can be used of God to bring people to faith in Jesus if we simply say true things about Jesus like we hear here in John chapter 1. And the Holy Spirit may be even drawing you now to understand who Jesus is and believe in him as I've been saying these things? Is he now even working upon your heart as you hear that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? As you hear that Jesus is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit? As you hear that Jesus is the one who surpasses everyone? As you hear that Jesus is the Son of God? Is he drawing you even now as you hear these true things as those people heard years ago and then believed in Jesus? I encourage you now, if you are not a believer in the Lord Jesus Hear those statements, understand they are true statements and start trusting in Jesus as the Son of God so that you can receive the eternal life that most of us in this room have already received. But if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus, then I encourage you to do what John did many years ago. Realise that bringing people to faith in Jesus is not rocket science. You don't have to dazzle people with your wisdom and logic. You don't have to perform miracles. All you have to do is say true things about your saviour, about the one that you love. And John gives you ample food by which you can put before unbelievers to feed upon. But there's a couple of other things that I think we can learn from John the Baptist and the words that are spoken of him in John chapter 10. The third thing that I think we can learn this morning is that if we're like John, we need to be content that we may not always see much fruit from our labours, or we may not see all the fruit that our ministry will bring. Some people believe in the Lord Jesus as soon as you tell them that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and that is wonderful when that happens. When they hear for the first time from your lips that Jesus is the Lamb of God, they want to know more and they want to trust in him. But others may not believe the first time they hear, and they may even be quite hostile towards you for saying that, there is a son of God and that he has dwelt on this earth and that if you believe in him, you can have your sin taken away. And when that happens, it's hard. 
when people resist the truths that you are proclaiming and they do not believe as you have believed and you don't understand why and it's upsetting and you think, what is going on here? How can they not understand as I understand? And you start to have doubts and fears about what you're proclaiming. Well, that's where John the Baptist is helpful for us because he even had doubts and fears about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he was proclaiming. It's very interesting in Matthew chapter 11 when John is in prison, he sends messengers, his disciples, to ask Jesus about himself. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 2, it says, When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? This is quite concerning for us as we look at this, because we think, here is the one who proclaimed true statements about the Lord Jesus. And here he is asking, Are you the one? even though he saw the Holy Spirit come down and remain on Jesus as a dove. Here he is asking, are you the one? Why is that happening? Well, one of the reasons, I think the big reason, is the fact that he's in prison and he's about to lose his head. Fears and doubts can come up as we don't see the fruit of our labours in the way that we would like to see And if we are like John the Baptist, we have to be ready for that. It's interesting that John is not mentioned in John chapter 10. John the Baptist is not mentioned in John the Apostle's book here. It's a bit confusing when I keep saying John, it's a reference for the book, that John the Baptist didn't write this book, it's John the Apostle. But John the Baptist didn't see what is going on here in verses 40 to verse 42 in John chapter 10. And if we're like John the Baptist, we must recognize that we don't always see the fruit of what we have done. He had done it many years ago. And then these people are encountering Jesus and believing. And John is not witnessing these people believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that may happen for us too as well. That we may not see the fruit of the true statements that we make about the Lord Jesus Christ. Which means... We often must tone down the expectations that we sometimes have of ourselves in the ministry that we make for the Lord Jesus Christ. We've already seen that we must tone down the idea that we will get to perform some miracle. It would be lovely to be able to do it, and God may use you to do some sort of miracle. But he may not as well, as he didn't allow John the Baptist to do any miracles. And we may never blow anyone away by our wisdom and our logic. And we also may not see anyone respond when we make those true statements about the Lord Jesus. We may see some people respond, but we, wouldn't, we don't see the responses that we would love to see. But what should we expect? We should expect that we will continue to faithfully make true statements about the Lord Jesus. We may not expect to see miracles. We may not expect to see us using great logic and wisdom We may not expect to see lots of people converted by the Spirit's power as we make true statements. But we must expect to see that we will make true statements about the Lord Jesus again and again and again and again, even though people resist again and again and again what we say. We may see some respond. John the Baptist did see a lot of people come and get baptised by him. A lot of people did repent of their sins. But he didn't see the fruit that we're seeing here in John chapter 10. And this also means that we must tone down the expectations we have of other people as well, including our pastors or other people in the church. 
New pastors come in and they're expected sometimes to perform miracles and to bring immediate church growth. Or older pastors are meant to come in and be incredibly wise and mature and be able to sort out everybody's problems in the church. But the pastors may do their best, but not see those changes despite their best efforts. Yet as long as the pastor and the people within the church keep on preaching the truth about Jesus, keep on saying true things about the Lord Jesus, they've done their duty. And hopefully such pastors find a church that also shares such a conviction. But you may say, isn't that discouraging to consider we may not see fruit? Why bother actually saying anything about Jesus? You say, we may talk and talk and talk about Jesus being the Son of God and the Lamb of God, but no one actually comes to trust in Jesus. Well, that's where verses 41 and 42 are an encouragement to us because they show that even though we may not see the fruit, fruit can still come and somebody else may reap what we have sown. John the Baptist did a lot of sowing. He did do some reaping. But here we see even reaping is taking place after he has stopped in that area when the Lord Jesus comes. And people can believe long after we have stopped speaking as well. People may shut down your witness and not want to hear what you have to say. But your words can live on in their hearts and minds despite their best efforts to get rid of you. They may get rid of you, as John the Baptist was gotten rid of by Herod. But he continued to speak. Even after his head was no longer on his body, his, his mouth continued to speak in people's hearts. As we see here in John chapter 10, he was probably dead by this time. But here we see fruit coming from John's ministry. He continued to speak after the grave, and that is the case for us as well. You may speak about the Son of God. You may speak about the Lamb of God again and again and again, and then you may be dust and ashes. But your words can live on in someone's heart. And they may be able to say, as these people said about John, though John never performed a miraculous sign, all that John said about this man was true. And they may say that about you. Though my friend, he never performed a miraculous sign, he kept on going on about the Lord Jesus. And now that I've met the Lord Jesus, I understand that my friend was true in what he said. That Jesus is the Son of God and Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There are many examples which I could show besides John the Baptist of how this happens as well. That people speak the words about Jesus there's no response, and then later on that person does become a Christian. And that person, who the initial Christian who shared about Jesus, never actually finds out about that fruit. I've got one example that I love from church history, which uh, I've shared with you before, but I think it's been a few years since I shared it, about Luke Short. Luke Short. Uh, Luke Short uh, was a farmer in New England and he attained his hundredth year in exceptional vigor, though without having sought peace with God. So he was a farmer in New England, so that's uh, North America. Uh, this is in the 1800s, uh, 1600s. And one day, as he sat in his field, reflecting upon his long life, he recalled a sermon he had heard in Dartmouth as a boy before he sailed to America. So when he was a boy, he heard this sermon in England. And now he's here in his hundredth year in America, and he recalls the words of, those sermon, of that sermon. 
The horror of dying under the curse of God was impressed upon him as he meditated on the words he had heard so long ago. And he was converted to Christ 85 years after hearing John Flavel preach. John Flavel was a Puritan preacher. And we still have his works today and they're a great edification for those who take the time to read them. There he preached... And then 85 years later, when John Flavel was well out of the picture, this boy who's now become an elderly man in another part of the world recalls those words from that sermon many years ago, is convicted and saved there as he reflects upon them. And that can be your experience as well. You tell someone that, that Jesus is the Son of God. You think it falls to the ground or that, and that Satan picks it up and takes it away as birds snatching it from the, the path but it may have actually fallen into soil that is good soil and lies dormant for 85 years and then springs up and produces fruit. There are many examples like this from church history. And I just heard one, I was reminded of one last week by a friend. He had a tradie witness to him many years ago. And this tradesman spoke about the Lord Jesus and was filled with joy for the Lord Jesus. And my friend was quite hostile to the Lord Jesus at the time, and even chased this tradesman down the street. He was so angered by what this man had said to him. And now my friend is converted. And he's never looked up the tradesman, followed him up, to share with him that he is now a Christian and believes those same truths that that tradesman shared with him many years ago. He's never followed him up. probably should see if he can find him again and remind him of what he said many years ago and how that that truth that was spoken about the Lord Jesus has come to fruit in my friend's life. We have to be people who are willing to understand that fruit may come from our labours far into the future and we may never see it. We have to be people that are like we've been employed by a farmer on an orchard to plant in the ground seeds for apple trees. And it may be that we move on. We work for that farmer, planting those seeds so those apple trees will grow up one day. And we may see the fruit on those apple trees. Or we may be taken away. We may have to move for certain circumstances. Or we may perish and no longer be able to work on that farm. But we work with joy knowing it's not about seeing the fruit. It's about serving faithfully and planting those seeds. That is our job. We're supposed to plant those seeds. And if somebody else reaps the fruit, that is our joy as well. And it should give us joy to serve faithfully planting the seed. And that is our joy as Christians. Our joy is to say true things about the Lord Jesus Christ. And our joy is to know that he can use them by his spirit to bring immediate fruit, yes, but also to bring fruit in the future. And we just resign ourselves to a joyful expectation that God will use it in his own timing as he knows best and we have done our duty in saying true things about the Lord Jesus. So you can do it. You can prepare people as John the Baptist did so many years ago. John said true things about Jesus and years later, people believed. You can do that too. You don't have to be a miracle worker. You don't have to be extremely wise. You don't even have to see fruit from your labour. All you have to do 
is tell people about Jesus. So are you? Who are you talking to about the Lord Jesus? Who are you saying to that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? Who are you telling that Jesus is the one who surpassed you because he was before you? Who are you telling that the Spirit of God lives in Jesus and that he baptises with the Holy Spirit? And who are you saying to that Jesus is the Son of God? Are you telling true things about Jesus? Faithfully, as you were called to do? So that one day they may believe and have the eternal life that you enjoy at this time. Let's come to our God in prayer. Let's speak with him. Heavenly Father, we praise you for mercifully bringing people to faith and granting eternal life to those who believe in your Son. Lord, we thank you for including us in this valuable work. Lord, we ask, though, that you would forgive us for not speaking true things about Jesus as we should. Oh, Lord, we pray that you would strengthen us in the future, even if we don't see much fruit, even if we do not perform great miracles or have great wisdom. Oh, Lord, we pray that you would use us to say true things about Jesus. And we pray that we would be confident that in your timing, by your spirit, you will bring fruit from that seed we have sown, even if we never see it, that you will be pleased with us as ones who have faithfully sown your word in the hearts of others. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen.